Sometimes standing in a supplement aisle can make you feel overwhelmed, making you wish that you had a magic wand that would make the perfect herbal supplement appear. Meet the witty and passionate Joel Thuna, who I'd like to think of as a real-life herbal wizard, as he pulls back the curtain to reveal things about popular supplements that everyone needs to know. Okay, seriously, if we really could flick a wand to repair broken bones like the wizards in the world of Harry Potter, I'd run straight to the herbology class because we all know that wands are great, but I think we all agree that plants are the most powerful. Stay tuned as Joel Thuna of Purely Naturals enjoys some laughs with me while he spills the beans about the most popular plant supplements and shows us where the real magic lies. So, Joel, I've been called energetic and enthusiastic, but I think you're going to give me a run for my money. Welcome, Joel. I can't thank you enough for joining me here, and I hope you don't mind that I've just bestowed upon you the title of Herbal Wizard. Not a problem. I will do my best to try and live up to it. I don't think I'll be able to, but I will try my darndest. You definitely will, Joel. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the Thuna family. You guys are of a real passion for plants. Way back in the 1880s, Dr. Max Thuna, he was a master herbalist. He opened his first herbal retail outlet in New York and then 25 stores across Canada. That's a really passionate family when it comes to herbal medicine. I love hearing about you and your family and geeking out with plants. But what I'd love to hear about is which plant has you most excited these days? My favorite and has been my favorite for decades is golden seal known as Hydrastis canadensis. I just love the smell of it, the taste of it, the look, the feel of it, and how it works. And how exactly does golden seal work? Well, that's a cool story. In North America, we view it as an incredible herb for immunity, preventing colds, flu, preventing viral infections of all kinds. Obviously important due to COVID, but even before that, it was used for that. But I found out not too long ago, what ended up happening is my family was on a trip in Asia, and we were actually on a boat tour in the middle of, and I do mean the middle of absolutely nowhere Vietnam, in the jungle. And the gentleman who was guiding the boat, steering it, asked what everyone was doing there. We were on a tour with a bunch of other people. And when he heard I was a herbalist, he just eyes lit up. He smiled, the biggest smile I've ever seen. And he hands me this bottle and goes, look at this. And so I look at it and it's like, wow, it's golden seal. Cool. And I handed it back to him. He said, are you familiar with this? I was like, yeah, I use it all the time. I love it. He goes, great. And I don't remember the exact way this came out, but he goes, what do you use it for? And I said, well, it's immune stimulating. It's good for viruses to protect your immune system. And he looked at me, shook his head and goes, I use it for my stomach. And I found out afterwards, we went to a pharmacy there and we found out that it's widely used. It's very, very popular in Vietnam to help with stomach issues. They use it as a digestive. And I was just completely and utterly blown away by that. I ended up buying a couple bottles just to keep to to see that. It was really funny. I understand, Joel, that you once had the most amazing hike in the boreal forest, which I know might not sound like a very exotic place for us North Americans who live near this forest every day, but that you, in fact, got to see golden seal growing beautifully in the wild. And I know that it's your favorite plant, so I'm sure you'd like to tell us a little bit about that adventure. Yeah, several years ago, my mother and myself were taken on a tour by a gentleman from Agriculture Ontario, 
trying to show us what was available to us as buyers. And he took us literally really off the beaten path. We were doing off-roading, which was not great in my minivan. And we ended up heading just nose first into the boreal forest and trees everywhere. And all of a sudden he guided us through a clearing and then we get out and we start walking and he starts pointing out and goes, you'll see that to the right. What is that? Neil down like, Hey, that's golden seal. Amazing. I'd never seen it grown before. And then turn to the left. What's that? Echinacea angustifolia. I'd never seen that grown that way before. And we were just walking through. And as we went to different areas of the forest, different herbs, different herbs, different herbs. And it was just fascinating to see them in their native environment because I've always seen them already dried up and in powders or cut or in teabag form. I'd never actually seen them grown that way in Southern Ontario in the forest. It, it was fascinating. I'm one of those people, I actually love nature because every time I've gone out just walking in the middle of nowhere, anywhere in the world, I've always found plants or in some cases, even birds that just fascinate me because when you're in the middle of nature, and I mean in the middle of nature where you can't see any cars, no buildings, nothing, you're just nature. You can't help, in my opinion, but be in awe of its majesty, its beauty, and its diversity. It's truly awe-inspiring always. Well, speaking of awe-inspiring, I think it's time that we take okay. you down the road of the lightning question round, because it's one of the fun things we love to do here on the Natural Health Influencers Podcast, where we take celebrities like you, we put you in the hot seat and pepper you with questions. Oh, boy. So there may be 10 questions. We'll see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> here we go, Joel. What was the last thing that you ate? I had a whole wheat English muffin with melted cheese on it. Mm, melted cheese. Number two, when it comes to garden gnomes, are you team fun or team creepy? I'm on team fun if you dress them up interesting and paint them interestingly. <laughs> well, that would be an interesting scene indeed. I can imagine what gnomes might look like on your front yard <laughs> if you had some. Number three, if you were shipwrecked on an island and you had all of your human needs, your food and water with you, what other item would you want to have with you? A laptop with satellite internet access. <laughs> That's quite the island you've been stranded on in your shipwreck. <laughs> okay, question number four. If you had to choose a superpower between flying or being invisible, which one would you choose? Oh, definitely being invisible. If it had to be between those two, no question. Because there are certain meetings of world leaders I would love to be a fly on the wall in. Okay, number five. How many letters do you guess are in the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? I'd say 26. Good guess. I have no idea, actually. Okay, are you on team cake or team pie? I'm going to have to put a qualified cake there just because my favorite dessert is a cake. I'll admit I'm happy with either, but my wife and I made, just after we met, we made a macadamia nut white chocolate mousse cake and hands down the most delicious dessert I've ever had in my life. Okay, legit. My stomach just growled. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I don't remember what number on. Okay, next question. <laughs> Can you name a food that starts with the letter P? The only one I'm thinking of now are peanuts for some reason. And that's a good food that starts with P. Can you name Dopey. one of the seven dwarfs? 
Okay, last question. What sound does a giraffe make if a giraffe actually had vocal cords? I imagine something along the lines of a very long swallowing sound. (laughs) Thanks. You are always such a hoot to talk to. Thanks, Joel, for being a good sport there. Let's get us back onto our real story here, where we're talking about the awesome Thuna family. Now, Dr. Max Thuna's original formulas, some of them are still available today. That's been a long time on the shelves. Do you think that he might have a favorite of those that are still available? Uh, That I couldn't answer, but I do know he was partial to one of my other herbs I really like, comfrey herb. I know he was partial to that, but I have no idea what he he'd like or not like as far as what exists. And what is comfrey herb known for? Very quickly, one of its nicknames is knitbone. And the reason it got that name is its traditional use is for healing broken bones. Not used for that very much anymore. Now we tend to do things like surgery and casts. (laughs) But traditionally, that's what it was used for is to help bones knit together. Okay, I think if Hermione Granger was actually real, you guys would be big friends. (laughs) You guys would geek out together on all these awesome facts. (laughs) I wanted to ask you about the next generation of very interesting, herbally inclined Thuna family. Dr. Max Thuna's son, Jack Thuna, established North America's first school of herbal medicine called the Emerson College of Herbology. Now, it should not be confused with the class at Hogwarts with Professor Sprout, but the school did have many specimens of exotic medicinal plants, and those plants were part of a wholesale high-quality herb business, I understand. You graduated from there too, I understand. Did you think that it was magical like Hogwarts? I can just imagine that kids of this generation think Hogwarts is super revolutionary, but I can imagine being a kid and then looking at this college and you'd imagine that it was pretty groundbreaking, like it was magical. Oh, I'm sure it was. My father actually was one of the first graduates. I followed in his footsteps, actually. But we do have, I'm fortunate, my father loaned me his collection of herbal memorabilia. And inside that are a fair number of the original specimens and the original containers from my grandfather and great-grandfather, both of which were herbalists. It's really awesome. Whenever you go to any true herbal school, not just Emerson, any of them out there, I've been to several of them as visitors, and they have these little specimens on the wall, tinctures that are partway being made, and then they also have It almost looks like a combination of Hogwarts and the Ontario Science Centre, for those of you who've been there, where you have these little specimens using pins held up against brown paper, blue paper, etc. to highlight the differences. And you can see, for example, the ribs on leaves and all the little edging, etc. Or you can see in roots, they'll cut open the root and you can actually see into the root and see different things with it. It's, It's quite intriguing that way. The bigger advantage we have today is we can combine that knowledge, that is the historical knowledge, along with modern science. So some interesting places now, for example, the University of Guelph, they do DNA sequencing of herbal products. And for example, when I was there visiting them uh, about a year, year and a half ago, they showed me the DNA sequence for golden seal root. It was huge. (laughs) It was just this massive... a full color barcode that went on it it wouldn't even fit on the screen it was so large to look at and every every little bar in it 
represented another component of the DNA. It was, it was fascinating to look at. And it's the combination of those two things that we can now do in schools that is wondrous. It's the, the meeting of the minds. I also think what's really cool is how science is confirming so many of these things we've known for generations based on traditional herbal medicine. And we're now seeing them in laboratories and in human clinical studies actually having the same awesome benefits. It's super cool. Now, I do understand as well that some of this DNA work they're doing at the University of Guelph is actually being used to help ensure that what is in supplements in Canada is exactly the DNA of the herb that it should be based on what we have in our clinical evidence and in our traditional medicine, this kind of DNA matching they're doing. Because when the herbs arrive at the manufacturing plant, they don't look like the whole plant as you found in your hike that day. They come in these sort of dried powdered formats so that we've now increased the standard here in Canada. No question. Guelph is a world leader on this. In fact, the gentleman there who's in charge, he's Dr. Stephen Newmaster. He actually consults with other regulatory agencies, those being Health Canada, the FDA, the European regulatory agency, regulatory agencies in Asia, about anything to do with quality because in the end, he can definitively say, yes, this is this versus, well, it might be versus we kind of think we're 80%. He can give 100% certainty. We ended up working with Dr. Namaster on his project probably about six, seven years ago, where we gave him a fair number of samples from our raw library. And he tested every single one of them to confirm and to add to his library to ensure that what he thought was, for example, burdock root and echinacea, golden seal, etc., were what they were. We worked together. He's a brilliant, brilliant scientist. You are among some of the coolest <laughs> people I ever get to talk to. I love talking to you. Now, I know that the Emerson Herbal College is definitely esteemed as one of the best colleges out there. In fact, some say that those who are graduates now make up the who's who of homeopathic medicine. Is there a past graduate that inspired you, that sort of propelled you towards pursuing a career in herbal medicine? I'd have to give the nod to my father. He's still one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met when it comes to herbs and natural health in general. And his love for it, seeing that as I grew up and seeing his complete and utter dedication to the field was inspirational and still is today. I can just imagine being a tiny Joel Thuna running around the health food store your parents used to run or looking at all of these wonderful herbs and figuring out all their magical properties, a very groundbreaking world that you lived in. Your parents were some of the big game changers, big influencers in the Canadian health industry. They brought in things like tiger balm or tea tree oil. What was it like to grow up in the Thuna family? It was actually really amazing on a couple fronts. One way was, and it struck me as a young child, was when my parents, we'd have people come in because my parents owned a store for a while because there were no herbal stores really to speak of. So my parents opened one, one of the first ones, ironically, about two blocks away from where I live now. And the interesting thing was, I remember distinctly being in there one time as a child, I was probably five years old, four or five years old in that range. And someone came in and just essentially broke down crying and hugging my father and mother, saying how much they improved their lives. They now have hope. They now feel great. They went from being miserable to happy. 
I don't remember what herbs they were talking about. I don't remember if it was vitamins. I have no idea what they were talking about. But I remember the joy on my parents after the customer left, just explaining that they had the best job in the world because people come and tell them how they've improved their lives. People they've never met. And who could ask for more than that? It's the biggest high. And I must say, I still get goosebumps today when people who I've never met come up to me and tell me how I've improved their lives or how our products have improved their lives or just explaining something to them they didn't understand, change them for the better. Who could ask for a job better than that? We are so privileged to be able to work in an industry that our job is to help other people know what the science is saying and be able to empower themselves with correct, accurate information so that they can go forth and achieve that greater level of health that they are looking for. Hanging out with people like you, Jewel, makes me really excited. I love to geek out about this I stuff. I am it makes the original me... herbal geek. <laughs> you are the original herbal geek. When we talk about herbs, I like to think about getting excited about these things. And then I start to think about the overexcited state that so many of us are hanging these days. Stress. Stress is a big player. When we talk about herbs and stress, we tend to talk about adaptogens. And I personally find dancing in the kitchen with the tunes cranked up high, kicking off my shoes, definitely relieves the stress. I'm not sure if you're a dancer in the kitchen there, Joel. (laughs) Or maybe eating a salad. We all know that salad is maybe not something we would reach for in a stressful state, but it is clinically known to be a really helpful thing for us to eat in a stress Mm -hmm. state or to take some deep breaths are also really helpful. But you are the herbal wizard, Joel, and you know lots about adaptogens. I'm sure you've got lots of great insight to help us learn about which stress-busting herb would be great to reach for. My go-tos, there's a whole family of adaptogens you can use, but my go-tos are usually Siberian ginseng and ashwagandha. Those two are really good. I like those a fair bit. I also use Ontario ginseng, going to admit that one, but I try not to go with the ones that are too severe. And what I mean by that is, for example, some people like to use Asian ginseng, be it Korean or Chinese ginseng. But the reason I tend to not recommend those and don't use them myself is I find sometimes they're just too strong and they push me over the edge, whereby just taking some Ontario ginseng or, as I say, ashwagandha or Siberian ginseng and some B vitamins, normally B12. I'm a big believer in B12. I take it every day. In fact, everyone in my family takes it every day. And I find that that works really well. And the other thing I tell people a lot are two of the most obvious things, in my opinion, that won't cost you a penny. One, get outside and just walk in nature, not around city blocks. Find a place with treats and just walk there. Even if it's negative 20, just walk there. And the second thing is yoga or meditation. The clinical trials on that, most people who aren't into it think it's airy-fairy or it's hocus-pocus, whatever phrase you want to use. But there's tons of clinical trials showing that it relieves stress, helps with blood pressure, and it also helps with thinking. Because part of the problem is you don't want to be de-stressed and then all of a sudden be a foggy brain that you can't think very well. So that's one of the advantages of both going out into nature for a little walk and at the same time thinking about doing body-mind, yoga, meditation, etc. They find it also gets the brain moving in a good way. 
There are some really interesting lifestyle notifications that people should probably take from what you just said there. When we live in that super high state of stress all day long, the concept of just dropping your stress level through a little bit of meditation, some yoga, some breathing, or going for a walk drops that level of stress that you're working on and allows you to more capably handle emotions and environments. And as you mentioned, have your brain work a little bit better. But if someone did want to add on to their healthy lifestyle, the use of adaptogens, do you have any recommendations on perhaps the timing at which someone should use these adaptogens? Well, it's one of those things. If you know you're going to have a stressed period, for example, you have a business meeting at two o'clock every day. Some people do. You want to take it about a half an hour or 45 minutes before, but on a regular basis. You don't want to just take it that day. Like If you're going to have a test, don't take it a half an hour before the test and assume it's going to work. You might do a little, but not very much. You want to have it as a regular, constant thing. And you want to take it, for example, if you're doing Siberian ginseng, one of the ones I recommend fairly frequently, you want to take it a couple times a day, every day, for a prolonged period of time, to let your body adapt to it. Because what adaptogens do, they don't cure stress. They don't do anything. They help your body handle it. So you want to make sure that you've always got it in you to help your body handle it because it's the surprise stress that gets to you. If it's a stress you have day in, day out, day in, day out, eventually you're going to either figure out a way not to have it by avoiding that meeting or quitting that job, or you're going to figure out a way to resolve it and handle it. But it's the pop-up. So you've got your meeting at two o'clock and then all of a sudden at 3.30, boom, you now have a budget meeting you didn't plan on. Oh God. That's when you want to make sure you've got it in you ahead of time on a regular basis so your body can handle those. So instead of it causing stress to here, it causes stress to here. Because you're not going to eliminate stress entirely from your life. And you don't want to. Levels of stress we can handle actually help us perform and they help us be our best. If you don't do that, like no stress at all, you'd also have no motivation at all. (laughs) And we'd all become sloths. And uh, that's not a good thing. I do have to admit, stress can be very helpful when you need that extra little bit of pressure to meet a deadline. My name is Trent Nellis, and I'm the founder of Vista Magazine and the Vista Ambassador Program and the Natural Health Influencer Podcast. I'm here today with my longtime friend and natural health industry colleague, Joel Thuna. Joel is a fourth generation master herbalist, and he has been working in Canadian herbal industry for over 40 years. Joel is a frequent author and lecturer. He works with universities researching herbs. He is also the general manager of Canada's oldest herbal company. In today's episode, we are featuring Purely Natural's D3K2 Drops. Joel, this is, again, one of the coolest products in your line. Tell us a little bit about it. I understand there's very interesting claims that are attached to this product. So tell us a little about the product. How does it work and what does it do for you? Not a problem. Thank you as always, sir. D3K2 is an amazing product. And what really tweaked me when we were creating it is I'm a research junkie. I read clinical trials. I read them each and every day, probably between six and 10 a day. And so I initially went out there and tried to see- Interesting hobby, Joel. (laughs) 
I'm a geek. I'm a geek. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and what happened was I went and was told about K2, went out and started researching it just to see how many clinical trials I could find. And I was completely and utterly taken back. I found over a thousand. And for natural health products, normally you're happy if you find a couple hundred for really big things like vitamin E. For small things, you figure, okay, 20, 15. Literally, there were over a thousand of them. And I started reading them and it just completely and utterly threw me for a loop that essentially when reading the reviews, because you have clinical trials and you have reviews and what reviews are is they take aggregate multiple clinical trials and just try and do an overall picture. When they were talking about K2, what they came up with was if you take it consistently, you'll live longer, you'll live healthier, you'll have less chance of disease, and you're far less likely to have cancer. And you look at that, and even if you read nothing else, that just floored me. Yeah, I'm sold. Researchers don't say things like that. Ever, <laughs> ever. I mean, I've never heard anybody say anything like that, except that perhaps an evangelist from our industry. <laughs> Yeah, but the amazing thing is the clinical trials back it up. For example, I was looking at clinical trials just for diabetes. There's almost 150 of them. And the way that K2 works is so simple, and that's why it is so effective. What it does is it activates three different proteins in your body. And those proteins are responsible for taking calcium out of places that you don't want it, that is your arteries your soft tissues, be it your liver, your lungs, your kidneys, your heart, and putting it into places you do want it, your teeth and your bones. And by that process alone, it affects almost every organ in your body. And when I say almost every organ, I'm talking your skin, your eyes, your tongue, your heart, your kidneys, your lung, your pancreas. It affects everything because of that one major movement of one mineral. And then on top of that, what it also does is it recirculates itself. So you take it, you get benefit, and then you figure, okay, like most nutrients, it goes bye-bye. No, no, it actually recirculates itself to keep helping and keep helping and keep helping. It's just fascinating. And at the same time, because we're in COVID, lucky us, what it also does specifically for COVID is it helps your lungs preserve lung health. So it helps your lungs maintain their ability to expand and contract and do what they're supposed to do. It improves your immunity. And as if that weren't enough, it reduces your likelihood of getting infected from any virus, period. Wow. Wow. Everybody needs to get some of this, Joel. Okay. So where can we find the product if we want to buy it? You can find it on our website, purelynaturalstore.com, and you can also find it in health food stores and in Loblaw stores. Fantastic, Joel. Well, there you have it. Master herbalist and proprietor, Joel Thuna, from Purely Naturals, D3 K2 Drops. They're going to cure everything you need <laughs> and prevent everything you don't have. Joel, again, I'd like to say I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. I know we're in the middle of winter up there in Toronto. Hope it doesn't get any colder for you. And uh, again, thank you very much for your time. And we're going to throw it back to Allison and the Natural Health Influencer. You've been 
mentioned a little bit earlier about the importance of using vitamin B12. But I wanted to switch to a different vitamin. You had once said vitamin D is a vitamin that sort of breaks all the rules. What do you mean by that? We live in a land where we do not hang outside in our bikinis. Unless you're truly <laughs> hardcore. <at> <laughs> That's right. For eight months of the year, we definitely don't live outside in the cold. We're not in bikinis. We're not getting vitamin D production in our skin from the sun. So how is it that we should be getting vitamin D? Or more importantly, what is it about vitamin D that makes it a rule breaker? It's got you really excited. Vitamin D is one of those things. It's a dichotomy in and of itself consistently. And what I mean by that is, for example, if you look at the rules that Health Canada and the USDA and all those other agencies did for vitamin D starting back in the 50s and the 40s and haven't changed much, they did it based on bone health. They had this bone health. This is the box we're in. That's the box we're putting vitamin D in. They didn't know back then, or they didn't even want to know because I'm talking as late as the 1980s and 90s. There was a ton of evidence coming out explaining that it helps with heart disease. It helps with lung health. It helps with skin health. It helps with heart health. It helps with immune health, obviously one we all care about now. But the government still, uh, we're comfortable with it in this box. We're not really comfortable with it anywhere else yet. And they're starting to move on that. It's one of those things also that I don't care where in the world you are. Even if you're living in the desert, say, in the Middle East or in the Caribbean, where you get tons of sunshine all the time, I'd still recommend you take vitamin D. And the reason is that, A, unless you go stupid insane with amounts, it's really safe. It is really safe. And there are some people who go way off the deep end with everything. They're the sort of people that you say, one glass of water is healthy, and they decide to drink a pail. But other than them, it's really safe. The second thing about it is there's virtually nothing in your body that won't get better from small extent to a large extent by having adequate vitamin D. And other than having it fortified in foods, we don't really get it from food. We really don't. There, there's a little bit here, a little bit there, but not to the levels we need for supplementation. That's why we do supplement with it. The other big rule about vitamin D which I hope everyone understands is it's dirt cheap. For everything it does for us, it is a ridiculously cheap vitamin. If you buy it, for example, in liquid drops where you could take 1,000 IU or 2,000 or 4,000 or 5,000, you're still talking pennies a day. Pennies. For the amount of health insurance, it's ridiculous how cheap it is. That's how it breaks all the rules. Everyone needs it. Everyone should take it. And it's dirt cheap. And it helps everything. What more could you ask for? One of my favorite things about vitamin D is that there are receptor sites for vitamin D on all sorts of cells around your body, including your eyes and lymphocytes. Oh dear, that was really <laughs> geeky. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, white blood cells, those immune cells that look like little Pac-Men that go around your body and keep you healthy. And I agree with you. There's some things we just can't get enough of, and it makes supplementation a really good choice for certain nutrients. Speaking of supplements... With so many supplements on the shelves, 
I feel people get really overwhelmed. I joke you not that I have so many friends who call me on the phone while they're in the store and they're standing there saying, where's this magical wand you talk about, Allison, that would just make the perfect supplement for my needs, for my unique biology show up. And we all know the science isn't that simple and it's not quite possible to make that happen. But maybe you can help me out a bit, Joel. If a friend of mine's looking at a Purely product, what would be the top couple of things that I should say to them to help them feel more empowered about making that supplement choice? Well, the easiest way is to go back to the philosophy of the company. And Purely Natural was founded on the philosophy that if we can't do it better, we're not going to bother doing it. And part of that mantra is we only use the best raw ingredients out there, period. For example, our B12, we only use the highest grade active vitamin B12 versus passive. Passive is less than a tenth the price, but you get way less than even 10% of the benefits of active. So we only use that. On top of that, we believe in certifications, independent certifications. Our manufacturing facility is certified kosher. We're certified GMP. We're actually audited for both of those. We're also certified organic and audited for that. We have multiple audits all the time. It seems like it's all our QC does at times. And the big thing also with that is we have a philosophy in-house that anyone can stop production. And I do mean anyone, anyone in the building at any time, even our bookkeeper has walked through production at one point in time and stopped it because she saw something that didn't make sense to her. In the end, she was wrong. It didn't matter, but we still stopped, investigated, confirmed that it wasn't an issue, and then continued. But we have that philosophy. There's only a couple people in our building that can start a production, but anyone can stop it because that way we're assured that we always produce the best, always. And that's our goal. If we can't do it better, we just don't do it. There's just no point because we don't add anything to the party. Okay, anyone who knows me on social media knows that I'm a big fan of food puns. And when I saw your purely natural fiberific and enzymes product, I was in stitches. I cannot tell you how I was in giggles on the floor. The product is a really cool combination though. So what's your mad scientist theory behind combining fiber and enzymes in the purely fiberific product? I'm really sorry I like that name. <laughs> What happened was it's actually a very simple story. A friend of my wife's came over from England and knowing who I am and what I do, she brought over all her supplements to talk to me about. And she was taking a fiber supplement and she was taking this and taking that and taking this and taking that and then taking enzymes. And we were at the dinner table looking around and going, what the heck? Why are you this and this and this and this and this? And she said, well, because if I just take this, part of my digesting gets better. But if I just take this, this part gets better. If I take them both, and yeah, it's a pain in the butt, it seems to be good and it seems to work. And I was like, well, then let's make it easy for you. And I actually went into the office a couple of days later, made a batch, blended it for her, gave her the bottle, and the sigh on her face, it was like relief. It was like nirvana had happened that she could get fiber that didn't taste like poo-poo and enzymes all in one shot great and go. And the reason that that product actually is kosher and vegan was actually for her because she is a strict, and I do mean strict vegan. 
and she won't touch it if it isn't kosher, if it doesn't have the regulations and everything, all the certification, she wouldn't touch it. So she was the inspiration for that product. And I think she still uses it today. And that goes back probably 15 years, 16 years. Perhaps it's the dorky inner child in me or the fact that I live with an eight-year-old, but when I hear about a fiber product, I imagine that sudden moment when your eyes bulge and you just have to run to the bathroom. Am I in for that with this one? I can actually say no. And here's where my inner geek comes out. I'm a firm believer that I shouldn't offer a product until it's been thoroughly tested by me. So what I did is I took a full pound 454 grams of fiberific, and I made jello with it. I made a single box of jello with it, and I ate it. So I ended up having however much there was of the jello, and then I had a full pound of fiber, no issues, no complaints, no stomach grumbling, nothing. What ends up happening is what we say is that fiberific doesn't force you to go to the bathroom, it just makes it easier to go when you would already have gone. Okay, so Fiberific works really well with Jello, but I've heard that maybe mixing it with Coca-Cola is a <laughs> bit of a mad disaster. Okay, just for fun, uh, should yeah. I do it? It is. We say you can mix it in any beverage that isn't carbonated because you do have to mix it. And for those of you who have ever tried mixing Coke or ginger ale, which is my favorite, in anything, it just makes a mess. It just makes a mess. Joel, I have had the great pleasure of speaking with you previously in my life. And there was a topic that we had talked about that I really think listeners would love learning about. And that was vitamin K2. This vitamin does not necessarily get a lot of attention out there, oh, yeah. but the science behind it is tremendous. And I know you've been geeking out on this stuff. Did you want to maybe just take a minute here and tell us a bit about vitamin K2? Well, vitamin K2 is one of those ones, I swear to you, I could literally talk your ear off for the better part of a month. I've probably spent the last three or four months of my life just learning more about vitamin K2. And the reason it's so impressive to me is that you have this vitamin and if you take it, there's two main forms. There's MK4 and MK7. And I could geek out completely and explain the differences. You don't want to hear them right now. That's another day. You want to do MK7. This long and short is your body can convert MK7 to MK4 if it needs it. And if it doesn't need it, it just uses it as MK7. The other big advantage is the dose is less than 1%. So an effective dose of MK7 is less than 1% of an effective dose of MK4. And anytime someone can tell me that they take a lot less and it works just as good, if not better, I'm all in. But the biggest thing about MK7 form of K2 is just how many things it does and how safe it is. It's one of the few things I have ever researched. And when I say researched, I've read probably now in excess of 500 clinical papers on it. And there's no mention anywhere of toxicity or issues. There's nothing. In fact, they actually tried to find a toxic level and the researchers gave up. They just couldn't. They kept trying and increasing the dose and increasing to the point where it was thousands of times more than anyone would ever take, and it still didn't cause a problem. And that's incredibly rare in anything, even with something as simple as water. You can take too much water and actually make yourself ill, if not die. They couldn't do that with MK7 form of K2. And that was just fascinating. 
But K2 and MK7 form is very similar to me like vitamin D is. There is not a single organ in your body or a single system in your body that isn't impacted by it. And in fact, taking K2 with vitamin D actually helps vitamin D do its job. Without K2, vitamin D works really well, but it's not as effective as it could be. And the secret behind K2 is just what it does. Because it's one of those things, it doesn't actually do anything on, for example, your eyes or your heart or your brain by itself. It just does a couple things and those couple things end up doing all this stuff. And what it does is really simple. It activates proteins and enzymes and very specific ones. And for example, there's a protein called matrix GLA protein. And what matrix GLA protein does is it actually scavenge for calcium inside your blood vessels and your arteries. It finds calcium there and pulls it out. And you're going, okay, big deal. Well, the calcium there actually causes what's known as calcification. Calcification is where layers of calcium form inside and it ends up hardening your blood vessels and your arteries, which you want to remain flexible because they tend to work when they're flexible. When they're hard, they tend not to work. And at the same time, the calcium in there causes blockages leading to strokes, heart attacks, not so pleasant stuff. So it activates this protein that scavenges and pulls the calcium out. Then what it does is it also activates a protein called osteocalcin. And what osteocalcin does is it takes calcium from your body and plops it into your bones and your teeth. That's its sole purpose. So you have this one protein that pulls calcium out of places we don't want it, and this other protein that takes calcium and puts it exactly where we do want it. It's a perfect system. Then it also activates these proteins with really fancy names called CS and Z. I know you're shocked. And what CS and Z do is together, they have an interplay balance between their levels. And what it ends up doing is it controls coagulation. So how thick your blood is and how much you bleed and how much you don't bleed. And they found that with taking K2 regularly balances those out properly so that when you cut yourself and you bleed, it coagulates properly, but it keeps your blood thinner, avoiding heart issues when you're not bleeding. It's a delicate balance and they do it together. And the last thing it does, which is ridiculously amazing, is it activates multiple enzymes. And what these enzymes do is they actually control the proliferation of cancerous cells. So by activating these enzymes, they slow down and in some cases stop cancer from progressing and multiplying inside us. And they've done multiple clinical trials on multiple forms of cancer and found this action. It's truly mind-blowing how effective it is at a low dose with no negative side effects. It's great. If you can't tell, I am completely sold on K2 and everyone I know and all my family are on it on a regular basis. You made a really good point there about vitamin K2 and the fact that it does interfere with the way that the body coagulates. And if you are somebody who is on something like a warfarin, a pharmaceutical medication prescribed by a doctor to alter the way that your body yes. is coagulating, it's really important to be savvy to vitamin K2 in supplements. It can interfere with that. And in calcium and magnesium products, vitamin K can commonly be there. What should someone know before they take vitamin K2 if they're on warfarin, Joel? Well, the first thing I would say, anyone who is on a drug that's an anticoagulant, first thing, no question, I don't care what anyone else tells you, talk to your doctor before you touch anything. 
because that is just silly, silly, silly. Talk to your doctor and make sure. Your doctor should know about K2, especially if they've prescribed Warfarin. They should know about K2. They should understand it. If they don't, tell them to. Tell them to learn about it. There's enough documentation out there written by doctors and written by scientists for doctors about K2 and the interaction with Warfarin and other anticoagulants. It's the sort of thing. I'm a firm believer in science and traditional medicine at the same time. And one of the key tenements of that is if someone's taking a drug, make sure they talk to their clinician before they touch anything that might change the action of that drug or the effect of that drug in any way, be it positive, negative, or otherwise. So thanks to the probiotics that live inside our microbiome in our gut, they are capable of helping us take those wonderful leafy greens that I know we're all eating daily. If you're not, go eat some leafy greens. They convert vitamin K1 into K2. (laughs) But I have a feeling, Joel, that you're about to tell me that there isn't nearly enough lettuce in the world to get me enough vitamin K2 into my body. Not even remotely. Despite the clinical science showing that you can have a good effect at as little as 30 micrograms of K2, you'd struggle to get that in a week of eating leafy greens, let alone one meal. And the only food that's actually high in K2 in sufficient amounts to make it as good as a supplement is something called natto. And for those of you who have never tried natto, it is a bacterial fermentation of soy. And I can honestly say I've tried it once. I will never have it again. It is texturally, taste and smell, completely unique and not in a good way. That's a really (laughs) polite way of saying that it is an acquired taste. (laughs) Very acquired, very acquired. And that's why it's only popular in one district in Japan. Not one country, one district. (laughs) Rumor has it, Joel, coming full circle here that the next generation of Thunas might have caught the family bug for herbal medicine. Any chance that there is someone younger who's maybe taken a peek at your chair or maybe even said to you, hey, I'd like to have a seat in that chair over there? They see how hard I work and none of them want that yet. But there are two in particular. My son was an apprentice at our work last summer because he couldn't go to camp because of COVID. And my nephew, who doesn't live in Ontario right now, has expressed a great interest in getting involved. But uh, they're still a ways away and we'll have to see. What dissuaded both of them from jumping in with both feet was when they learned that it took me the better part of 20 years to get through different jobs at the company to get where I am. It takes a long time. You've got to learn a lot about what's going on and about herbs before they're willing to let you, that is the family is willing to let you play. I'm sure you can persuade them if you tell them you get to be an herbal wizard and they might get to have a wand. (laughs) Jokes aside. (laughs) Well, my son already does. He actually has an elderberry wand. So he has his own wand, very much like those used in Harry Potter, just not as curved. (laughs) He sounds wonderful. I can't thank you enough, Joel, for joining me today here on the Natural Influencers Podcast. I want to thank everyone actually for joining us. And I'm really happy that we've discovered that you don't have to wear bikinis in the frigid weather here in North America to get enough vitamin D, nor do we need to be flushed with embarrassment that our adaptogen choice wasn't necessarily the most ideal one. Go on, folks, and share this with your friends. Heck, 
share this podcast with your friends' friends because there's nothing better than giggling your way to wellness. Thank you to the wildly knowledgeable and entertaining Joel Thuna, General Manager at Purely Naturals, for joining us here today. He's been a great celebrity and he even enjoyed a few moments in the hot seat. Wishing you all the best in health. I'm your host, nutrition geek and author, Allison Tannis, with more witty wellness waiting for you on my blog, Deliciously Geeky. Until next time, my friends, giggle, dance, and enjoy good health. Thank you again. It was a pleasure. And as I said before, anytime, and I do literally mean anytime, this is lots of fun.